I do not believe that leadership is limited to a specific group of people. I believe it's a skill that anyone can develop. Leadership and the ability to lead people is not something that's readily taught in academia. It's really something that between practice, honing the skill, and also through the lens of mentorship and coaching is something that an individual will develop across their career. This is Leading Up, a podcast from Udemy Business. Our guests share the advice, insights, and inspiration to help you transform as a leader. I'm Alan Todd, your host and the Vice President of Leadership Development at Udemy. Together, we can work, lead, and live differently. This week on the podcast, we welcome Johan Laville. Johan has been trailblazing new innovations in learning and development for several decades, constantly improving how learning accelerates business results. He helped pioneer advances in learning at the famed Motorola University and then again at Comcast. He's a frequent speaker, advisor, and faculty member in the field of learning. Now the chief learning officer at Merck, the centuries-old pharmaceutical company that does $43 billion in annual revenues with 69,000 employees, Johan is passionate and dedicated to developing the next generation of leaders. We talk about how he made it to the C-suite, his advice for emerging leaders, and why strong leaders are strong learners. Johan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hi, Alan. Extremely excited to be here today. Hopefully, we can have some fun. Yeah, let's have some fun. So let's get started. Just a little background. So you start your career and you make it all the way to the C-suite at these incredible organizations. We'd love to hear just, you know, how did you get started and how did you make it to the C-suite? I actually started off my career as a bit of a college dropout. I walked out of college in my first year and uh, believe it or not, it was because of the experience. My official career actually started off with banking. So as you can imagine, as a young man, being able to uh, understand finances at an early age, just imagine the discipline it brings along and carries on through everything else you do. From there, I actually decided to go off eventually and study a degree in electrical engineering, where I joined my first U.S. company with Motorola. From there, I did a degree in my master's of business administration with a focus on international business and also did an executive master's of product design. But really heavy entrance into everything product and the future of products from competitive intelligence uh, to the engineering components to financial P&Ls, you name it. Then I got the opportunity to move over to cable and media, and I worked with Comcast for a bit of my career. And now just having an amazing opportunity to join a company such as Merck, known as Merck in North America and Canada, but MSD, outside of North America and Canada. Yeah, so Johan, you mentioned something I'm curious about finance as a foundational skill, I guess. You think that's a good idea for everybody? Yeah, I think it's an absolutely undervalued skill. The odds of going through basic finances and some of the other disciplines such as healthcare, engineering, telecom is very, very low. I would highly recommend anyone who's uh, listening and thinking about starting off a career or looking into leadership, the basics of finance is absolutely a core skill that I would recommend everyone attempt to achieve. 
Yeah. And then just another side twist, if you have any thoughts, only because I, I hear this coming up, it's really the value of the MBA. Do you think the MBA, the traditional MBA is as important today vis-a-vis things that you could do online, not through formal MBA training? This is a great question. I may have a different twist on it. If you're starting off your college or university journey and your goal is to do a business degree, go for it. However, if you're looking at other disciplines, my recommendation is to join the workforce and then think about what an MBA can provide you. Because within those disciplines, such as, you know, areas that are highly technical, areas that are highly scientific, it's important to understand how you intend to leverage the outcomes of an MBA within those disciplines. I'm guessing that your path to the C-suite, it's not just straight up and to the right and everything's easy. How did you navigate roadblocks and setbacks and find the, the grit and determination to stick with it and keep going? As I think about my journey and things I had to focus on, there are a couple areas that come to mind. One is just building trust. You have to build trust because just imagine you're trying to take an entire team on a journey with you. In order to build trust, you have to make sure you're an effective communicator. What you will see is a lot of folks who struggle with effective communication, both verbally and written, really struggle with their teams. Now, here's the part that I think is an area that everyone should really think of. That is balancing the idea of task versus people management. There is a fine line between attempting to achieve all of your goals and doing them efficiently and on time versus managing and leading the people and understanding their needs, which you will require in terms of that diversity of thought, diversity of skill to help you as a leader be successful. And then every leader, I think, at some point in their career struggles with this one, and that is managing conflict. And so the idea is, how do you understand, first of all, what what is conflict? And how do you develop the skills along the way to understand how to effectively negotiate the idea of managing conflict between team members and also uh, between your peers at the leadership level. So let me ask you about your leadership style. I've heard you talk in the past about coming to a view for a leadership style for yourself, a philosophy of leadership. Can you talk about what that means to you, what it is? How did you come to build this point of view? Yeah, it took me a while to figure this one out, right? So I put myself in two categories of leadership, and it actually took a lot of uh, grit (laughs) and also a lot of um, thought to figure out, well, what type of leader am I? But I, I feel I fit very well into the category of a servant leader and also that of a charismatic leader. So servant leaders, they prioritize needs and well-being and growth of their team members, I would say, outside of their own personal interests and ambitions, right? So that's a style that that involves actively listening, empowering team members to make decisions, providing guidance and mentorship where needed. On the charismatic side, charismatic leaders often exhibit strong communication skills, emotional intelligence, a high degree of confidence and self-assurance. However, charismatic leaders have a a little bit of a fault, right? And that is uh, sometimes they actually find it difficult to maybe take in all of the detail required to jump in and jump off the cliff. And knowing what leadership categories you fall in, you understand yourself, you figure out your blind spots, and that allows you to even be a better leader. 
So I encourage everyone to take some time and uh, just jump in and do a search and, and just learn about the different leadership styles that exist today. But challenge yourself to continuously improve after you identify your values, right? So I think your values really guide your decisions and actions as a leader. And so even myself, every once in a while, I will write down my core values and um, reflect on them to determine if they align with the leadership style that I currently rely on. And as I mentioned, even try to understand some of the blind spots I need to cover. So on the blind spots and charismatic leadership, the way you describe it, it sounds like having a vision and maybe not getting all of the information. Do you have any advice for building a team or surrounding yourself with people that do they complement your skills? Do they have the same skills as you? Yeah, if you look at my team today and any teams that I've built, they are extremely diverse. Diverse from skill, thought, gender, race, you name it, right? I think it's very, very important as you become even a more effective leader, everyone knows what their blind spots are. You put someone in that place to cover that blind spot and you give them the accountability, the authority to help you lead and just become a more effective leader. Final question on this topic. It seems like a really beautiful marriage, servant leadership and charismatic leadership, the way you described it. How do you balance the two? Do you go back and forth? Do you just integrate them? How does that come together in real life? Yeah, well, I mean, it's really hard to tell in a day-to-day, are you being servant or charismatic, right? But what I can tell is just my style and the way I work is absolutely around motivating the team to achieve above and beyond even what I think is an expectation for myself. But also providing the vision, providing the steps, the guidance, the mentorship to help us get to that point in time, that future point in time that we're trying to to achieve. All right, let's talk about Merck's high achievers, emerging leaders. You work for a company that is famously a leadership factory, right? And how do you identify these early career people that might be future potential leaders? Are there things you look for or that managers look for? Yeah, look, being a high achiever, in some cases in your company, you'll hear it as hypo, right? High potential. It means that You're a person or an individual that has a strong drive to excel. And at the end of it, the goal is to achieve success with personal and professional pursuits. I think there are some common characteristics of high achievers. High achievers are really self-motivated and focused on achieving their goals. And they personally develop strategies and plans to achieve them. But they are also continuous learners. They're always seeking out ways of learning uh, new knowledge, new skills to improve performance. And I think, you know, besides being resilient, being able to bounce back uh, from, you know, setbacks and failures, I think high achievers have a, a high degree of perseverance. Yeah. So these potential future leaders show initiative, right? Self-motivation, work ethic, they're resilient. You also mentioned the risk of burnout. And we're seeing right now coming out of the 
kind of the pandemic, the research around the hybrid workplace. There seems to be a lot of people struggling with work-life harmony, integration, burnout, stress, right? So these things are kind of off the charts high right now. I'm wondering if you have thoughts or advice for how do you set these big goals and not just run so hard that you burn out? Yeah, look, I'm going to make a bold statement. I'm going to say I don't think there's a high achiever who maybe hasn't entered some form of a state of burnout, all right? And look, a state of burnout is is a very physical, emotional, and a mental exhaustion, right? And it's typically an area that's caused by prolonged stress. So my advice to anyone who fits in that high achiever category is to do a couple things really well. You need to recognize the signs of burnout. That's an area that I think it's it's super, super important for high achievers to keep an eye on. But also practice self-care when it comes to exercise, meditation, spending time with family, and really figuring out that separation between work and everything else. You have to set boundaries. I think seeking support is very, very crucial. Even for myself, I surround myself with a lot of mentors, both within the workplace and outside of the workplace. You need to really reconnect with your core values when you feel yourself get into that space of burnout. And that is, what are some of those priorities that you can jot down, that you can think of, that you can have that conversation with your mentors with or your coaches around how to just bring that meaning of work back into the front line. Yeah, I really like how you frame that in terms of just awareness. And, you know, you have to take a step back to say, I'm feeling exhausted in a way that I, I'm not used to it. And you you have to have some awareness, some reflective capacity to discover that. I guess the final piece on this topic about high achievers and how do you find them and what do they do and how do they stay there is now just imagine I'm early in my career. How do I build a strong vision for my career? I personally constantly seek out mentors. I seek out role models, both within the company, both externally, that can help support me and guide me on my journey. Manage your time effectively. Focus on the high priority task first. And as you build a strong team, and as I mentioned earlier, by building a team with the skills and the diversity to cover your blind spots, you can then delegate with accountability and you can eliminate some of the lower priority tasks, allowing you to better focus. Setting clear goals. You need to be specific, create a plan for yourself. One of the things I do for myself is I often revisit the vision and the plans I set for myself and for my team to understand if we are achieving them or if we need to adjust along the way or even break them into smaller achievable steps, right? So we can make more progress. We just talked about burnout. You have to practice self-care, right? If you want to fit in this high achiever category, it is important to understand when to take those breaks, when to go on vacation, truly understand the purpose of why you're at work. I'm curious, you said something about learning. And I want to start to unpack that, the whole idea of building a learning culture. I know that's something that you have given a lot of thought to. It's something that you are the champion for. Like, how do you create this learning culture? Where does it start? As we think about the idea of a culture being a curious and a consistent learner, there are a couple of things that come with just being curious. And as we think of the importance of leaders, also continuing to learn. 
And that is, I mentioned a couple of times, resilience. The um, ongoing curious learners are well-equipped to handle challenges and setbacks. And so traits such as resilience, as you work through what does it mean to become a culture of learning, is going to be key. Because as a leader, you can help coach and navigate your team into or through some some difficult times, right? To be stronger and just be more successful. As you think of a learning culture and you think of leaders, leaders need to continuously improve. Uh, without the continuous improvement, the idea of even self-development, I think it will be almost impossible to find new ways to increase productivity, efficiency, and effectiveness of your team. So I'm wondering if you could talk about the role of the leader in your, you know, how are you a leader teacher? How are you a leader coach? How are you a leader mentor? How do you help others become that other business leaders at Merck? Or do you even, is that important to you all? We talked about, I think you just mentioned it, leading by example. We need to demonstrate a strong commitment to learning ourselves and also a strong commitment for our employees to participate in training and development programs Right. So again, back to taking on new assignments and new skills. Merck is a culture of gigs. We have an amazing gig culture at the company, which allows individuals to, for example, freely explore based on either developing their skills or let's just say trying out new opportunities, right? To see if it becomes a new career path. And it's amazing how leading by example in the space and creating the time allows individuals to really focus in. If I had to think about how we as leaders could contribute to the next, I would say, group of leaders coming up with us or right behind us, is we have to embrace change. You look at simple things of coming out post-pandemic, right? It's really developed a new thought, right, or new way of working that if we don't embrace this change and we don't understand the environments that we now have to work in today and the future, I think that changes even potentially what we think a high-performance individual is as we think of leadership. How do you stoke curiosity? Do you think it's innate? Do people come curious or do you create that curious learning environment? How do you drive curiosity, the desire to know? You have to create the environment. I think it's our responsibility as leaders to create an environment to allow individuals to be curious. Now, I'm going to say something that might be a bit cliche. You have to create the space to allow individuals to also fail. All right. And there's so much that you can learn from failure. But as a leader, it's not necessarily a bad thing because if you are a very creative leader and a very um, smart leader, you can actually create the space that allows for some failure, which also allows for an individual to develop. And that ties to that idea of being vulnerable. I think there are a lot of people that I've talked to and a lot of research that tells us that these early career, this next generation of leaders, they're not quite sure <laughs> that they're supposed to be vulnerable and, and, and fail and admit weaknesses. They haven't been brought up in a culture where, where you're taught to do that. Any advice for that next generation around creating that space for failure or creating the confidence, the courage to take the risk? I think it's a give and a take. I think the new generation needs to come to the table prepared, understanding what it means to have, I would say, an impactful conversation and even maybe preparing early on to understand how do you have the conversation at the executive team level? 
so that you are able to influence an outcome. That comes with practice. And so my, my recommendation is throughout your, your career, throughout your journey, find opportunities to practice. So that way, once you have that opportunity to become a leader, it's not something that you're doing for the first time, but it's an area that you can just work on and continue to develop. So many great things here. I wonder if you can talk about your your thinking and your philosophy and what you're trying to drive at Merck in terms of everyone being a leader, not just people that manage people. I do not believe that leadership is limited to a specific group of people. I believe it's a skill that anyone can develop. The question is, as folks like myself who are in leadership positions, how can we foster the environment that we just spoke about and how can we foster the opportunity for individuals to be able to practice, to hone in on that skill and become successful? Also, something that's very challenging, leadership and the ability to lead people is not something that's readily taught in academia. It's really something that between practice, honing the skill, and also through the lens of mentorship and coaching is something that an individual will develop across their career. When I say leadership for all, it starts with as an individual employee in the company. How do I provide you with the right resources and the right development path so that you determine that leadership is an opportunity for you. But then once you become a leader, how do I onboard you, right? How do I make sure that you are going to be one of the best people leaders from the perspective of, are you able to coach? Can you effectively lead? But myself as an individual, I think it's important for me to create the space where we can foster collaboration. We can provide opportunities for growth, we mentioned leading by example as one of the big opportunities, but we've learned a lot along the way. And I think it's my responsibility to really encourage self-awareness on a one-on-one. -on -one, how do we understand the importance or the goals of our employees and how can we contribute right to their developmental journey through leadership? Yeah, I like the way you describe own your journey, own your career. You've given us some really great thinking about what high performers, high achievers do in terms of relationships and communications and curious learners and good time management. So I'd love to hear just your sort of final summary thoughts on the whole concept of the next generation of leader. What, you know, how do they think and what do they do? If you're thinking about leadership and you see that as an opportunity for you, there are a couple areas that are extremely important. One, have that conversation with the individual that we report to. And if that conversation does not lead into a positive outcome of support with the right coaching, the right mentorship, I would ask yourself the question, are you at the right company? Are you in the right group? And that's something that you could actually inspire yourself to make a change. And if you're sitting across the table from someone that, that you respect and you think that has the opportunity to, to guide you along your journey, but it's not willing to support you, I would say, as a high achiever, make the change. Great leadership philosophy and a great way to summarize and bring it home. So, Johan, final question as we wrap up here is the question we ask every one of our guests. And you're a curious learner, so I want to know, what are you curious about and learning now, inside or outside of work? 
There are a couple things that I have as hobbies. One of my hobbies is photography. So I fall into that semi-professional category of photography. I'm very big into street photography. And um, I'm constantly learning on how to improve the art and just how to become an even better photographer. Johan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Alan. This was amazing. Look forward to connecting again. Thank you so much for listening to Leading Up, a podcast from Udemy Business. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode to help you level up your leadership skills. Follow the show so you never miss a new episode. And if you like the show, leave a rating or a review. We love the feedback and it really helps us find new listeners. To learn more about Leading Up or how Udemy can help you develop leaders at scale and move business forward, visit business.udemy.com. The Leading Up podcast is produced by Udemy in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team, Alex Vickmanis, Amy Machado, Brian Rivers, Danielle Roth, and Carter Wogan. Our original theme is by Soundboard. Soundboard.